Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Brother Wolfram, we welcome you to our pulpit tonight. We're looking forward to hearing your ministry. Praise the Lord, everyone. Amen. You may be seated. I am blessed to be here. We appreciate what God is doing. I'm back in Wisconsin, where I was born and raised, but I do not have the accent anymore. I, <clears throat> I was um, enjoying listening to some of you folks out there in the foyer. I was just asking you questions so I could hear the accent again. It's been a long, long time, praise God. And I don't know what kind of accent I have anymore. I've been to too many places. And they say that it's hodgepodge. So anyway, I feel like I'm at home. I'm seeing Green Bay Packer shirts and uh, coats. Back in the, in the airport, walking to get my luggage, I saw they were selling Wisconsin cheese. So I just feel right at home. And I have family not too far from here. I'm going to go visit them tomorrow. I have not seen some of them for several years. And uh, it's going to be good to kind of catch up with brothers and sisters and all of that. Praise God. How many of you love the Lord tonight? Amen. We thank Brother Cordy and his wife for having us here. And this Wednesday night basically is just to get you acclimated to my ministry a little bit to let you know that uh, if you invite out guests Sunday, I won't scare them away. Sometimes people want to know a little bit about the fellow that's behind the pulpit. Do I want to bring somebody out to church or not? But uh, this is going to be an event. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't call this a revival service or whatever, but we felt like since it's the 50th anniversary of the moon landing, there's a segment of society that's just really fascinated with that. And maybe there's some of them around here. I don't know. But uh, I'm sure that if uh, Bart Starr was here or Brett Favre, we probably would have a crowd. <clears throat> so just pretend that I'm uh, a quarterback or something. Anyway, it's amazing to see some of the interest that's out there, though. Um, maybe not here in Wisconsin yet for me. But uh, in Georgia, the public uh, television station has already contacted us and wants to come out to one of the church services in the area. There's a Georgia magazine that uh, contacted me, and they're, they're featuring a story, and that goes out to every home in the state of Georgia. Uh, CNN has uh, contacted me, and they want to do uh, a video broadcast. They want to do a... I guess uh, they're going to do a written story. And then uh, there's a man that just contacted me today. He's doing a documentary. And when I go to San Diego, he's coming out there to interview. He's just raised a half a million dollars for a statue of Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, Mike Collins. And they're going to dedicate that at Cape Canaveral, I think July uh, 16th. And uh, 
somehow they're getting word about this frog man. So I want you to think frog man. Years ago, Brother Jack Yance, uh, when I was brand new out of Bible school and married, set us up with Brother Yoy out there in South Dakota, North Dakota. We did a three-month travel out there. And I don't know, I was a young man, just out of Bible school. And uh, Brother Yoy, for some, some reason, he got me to wear my wetsuit. I don't know, at church. I will not be wearing my wetsuit. I don't think I could get in my wetsuit. And uh, some little kid came up to me, and he was so disappointed. He said, he ain't green. So I don't know what he was expecting. I guess a frog or something. But uh, what we want you to do is to look at this as just one special event that uh, a friend of yours might come out to the house of God to just experience you and this atmosphere and the worship and uh, your friendliness and what this church has to offer. That's, that's what this is about, not about me. And it's really not about the event, except the event might draw some of your friends out to the house of God that may not come out otherwise. So I want you to look at it as an event and promote it. Now, I have a book out there, and I'm, I'm mentioning this because all the proceeds will go to our work in Vietnam. And I also have a piece of that gold foil that was taken by me from that capsule that brought these astronauts back from the moon. And that's a very rare item, and that will be for sale as well. All the proceeds will go to Vietnam, our ministry there. Let me just say a little bit about Vietnam. Um, I was, I'll be sharing more Sunday morning, but God does have a sense of humor. After those Viet Cong tried to kill me, God sent me back over there. But uh, we've seen some wonderful things take place. And uh, last year I built a Bible school in honor of uh, eight of my friends who died over there. Five Navy SEAL buddies that were stationed with me. Three high school friends right over here in Fort Atkinson uh, that I went to high school with died over there. And uh, I was attending to a Bible school in Manila. And I realized that since I was the president of that school at the time that I could kind of break the rules a little bit. And I was going to bring in young men and women from Vietnam that could speak enough English that they could understand what we were teaching in a Bible school. So I met with all of these pastors from various groups that I was uh, doing seminars with, Baptists and Mennonite and uh, Christian Missionary Alliance and Catholic and all kinds of people that we were doing seminars with. And I found a young man or woman that could understand English enough, got permission from their pastor, got permission from their parents. We raised funds and we brought them over to the Philippines for nine months so they could attend a Bible school for nine months. And when they went back, they, they all received the Holy Ghost uh, with evidence of speaking in tongues, of course. Uh, they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of their sins. And when they went back, their family, some of their fathers, mothers, and aunts and uncles were in the ministry, and revival began to break out to these young people. And one young man um, went back, and he was able to teach our uh, apostolic doctrine in his Mennonite Bible College, where he graduated after four years. The president of that school was a friend of mine through the years. Uh, we met him in 92 or 3, and we offered some funds to help him 
and his wife have that first baby, and he never forgot that. So he's the one that brought this young man to me. And when this young man came back <clears throat> to Vietnam, he just turned that place upside down. And that Mennonite Bible school, revival broke out, and I think he baptized three-fourths of that uh, student body in the name of Jesus before they all left. And uh, would you believe in the last four years, this young man, who's I don't think he's even 25 yet, he has baptized himself over 1,600-some people in the name of our Lord Jesus. <clears throat> so he set the goal and the bar way up here. Are you young people listening? Bar, bar. Smile. Okay. They're acting like they should be out there playing pool or something. I'm glad you're with us tonight. Amen. Because we want to talk about your friends a little bit that may come out to service this Sunday. And that's what this whole Wednesday night is about. And so we built that Bible school for this young man because he was doing such a great job. And I have two friends from Alexandria that landed Monday, or Tuesday night there in Vietnam. And he's brought 47 Christian leaders to his Bible school that need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they're going to be praying with all of these leaders. And hopefully they will all receive the Holy Ghost before the week is over. So the work is going on and is continuing. And that Bible school was built in the central part of Vietnam, in Quang Nai province, where my three high school friends, all three of them died right there in that province. So uh, we thank God that revival is breaking out. And that school is built as a memorial to these young people people that died before their 21st birthday. So their death is not totally in vain. Uh, God's work is being done, and we're seeing revival break out in Vietnam. Amen. Would you stand with me? I wanna, I'm going to read a text, but I want, we want to pray right now for what's going on in Vietnam. I think that um, this revival, you know, I'm getting up there in age. I, I took a couple naps today. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to stop going to Vietnam until I felt that if I died or if I walked away, uh, there would be a work that would be perpetual and that would be continuing on and on even if I wasn't there. And I believe we're at that point right now with some of the young people that uh, we brought to the Lord. But let's pray that these 47 leaders that are Right now, probably having a revival up there with my friends, praying with them to receive the Holy Ghost. Can we do that? In Jesus' name, right now we pray <clears throat> that your hand would reach out and touch all of these leaders that are coming to that school. They hear the word of God. We pray, Lord, that your hand would rest on them. We pray, Lord, that you would fill each and every one, that you would lead my friends, God, and God, that they would have the faith as they lay hands on these individuals. God, that they would receive the Holy Spirit. That they would be mighty warriors in Vietnam. That they would go forth, God, and bring a, a, a harvest in their field. That they would bring forth victory in their cities, God, through Jesus Christ. We give you the praise, Lord. We thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, praise God, praise God, praise God, amen. 
Psalm 142.4, and then we'll let you be seated. Psalms 142.4. I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there was no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. And now here are the six saddest words in the Bible. No man cared for my soul. No man cared for my soul. The six saddest words in the Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. The word soul appears 458 times in the Bible. And the word spirit appears 505 times in the Bible. And these words are often used interchangeably. And in order to understand them, you have to look closely at the context where they exist in the Bible to see if it's talking about soul or if it's talking about the spirit. But I think all of us understand that we're all spiritual beings with a temporary human existence. And we're talking about that part tonight that's going to live on and on and on. If you were doing a biblical study of the soul and spirit, it would be called theological anthropology. It's through our bodies that our soul will interact with the physical world, and it's with our spiritual man that our spirit interacts with the spiritual world. Our flesh is alive. It moves, it grows, it embraces, it responds to pleasure and pain. And our soul is also alive. It reasons, it learns, it loves, it hates, it has emotions. But our spirit, until it's regenerated by receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost, is not connected to God in such a way that God would desire the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray your God, your whole spirit and your soul and your body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to think about you for a moment, soul. You're made up of these three parts. In Matthew, Jesus said, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world? And then lose his own soul. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? I want to talk about the souls that aren't here right now. Because every one of you knows somebody. You know God created you and I. Different than any other creature that we see out here. When he created the universe and when he got ready he made Adam in his image. And God created every person who was born into this world for his pleasure. Some of them will find him, some of them won't. Some of those perhaps could be someone that you know, maybe in your family. It could be a mother, it could be a father, it could be a brother, it could be a sister. It could be the student where you work in you know, it could be the student at school. It could be the, the fellow right next to you tomorrow in the store. But as you looked out 
from tonight until the end of this week, I would like you to concentrate a little bit. And when you see that person with the red hair, or the blonde hair, or the dark brown hair or whatever, you see a soul. Whether they're tall or short, whether they're a man or a woman, they're a soul. God loves them. God died for them. God uh, created them for him. I believe that God does speak a language that we all can understand. I do believe that God gives every human being an opportunity at some point, somewhere. If it's not just through the conscience, there's a touch from God, I believe, that goes out to every human being because God loves them. God wants them saved. He wants them in his kingdom. He's gone to prepare a place for them. They may never get there. But I want you to understand that if we are sensitive, and then this is the key to my success in anything ever done for the Lord, I always look to see where God is already working. And if God is working there, I would pray or see if God would invite me to join him there. Because it's not me or, or it's not you, but it's God working in someone's life. I've had success in some cities because God was working there and he invited me to join him. Vietnam is such a place. When I pastored up in Warsaw, Wisconsin, back in 79, that was such a place. It was the timing. God was working. And he asked me to join him, and I did. And we saw some wonderful things take place in a very short time there. But when you're in a store and you feel these goosebumps come all over you, that's not for you just to dance down the aisle. Though you might want to. I believe those signals are God saying there's somebody in that store that I'm working on. There's somebody in that store that I'm dealing with. Now, I would pray, say, God, let me bump into them. Show me where they are. You know, I might walk around a little bit and I'm trying to discern where this is because if God's on me, it's for a reason. And many times God leads us right to that person and when we connect, God is already there. God is already working. Their, their heart is already being prepared. And now they need somebody to sow a little seed or invite them or encourage them or teach a Bible study or hand them a track. But if we don't fulfill that part of the obligation of being a child of God, some person may never, never, ever hear of the gospel that can save them, that can bring them to a fellowship like this. We're blessed. And we're here tonight because God loved you and God talked to you. And there, there's reasons why you're here. There's people in your life, perhaps family members or friends, that had a lot of contributions somewhere that brought you into this wonderful place. Amen. There's not an accident. Now, worth, I'm talking about the soul here. Worth, W-O-R-T-H. Worth is determined by who made it. Now, if someone in this church could paint and they painted a Campbell's soup can, it might not be worth that much. But if the painter was Andy Warhol, that soup can painting would be worth a lot of money. 
A building designed by an architect, Frank Lloyd Wright, would be worth a whole lot more than just an average architect somewhere out here in society. A baseball game program is just a piece of paper. Unless, you know, Babe Ruth has got his signature on it, and then it might be worth a whole lot more. You see, worth is determined by who made it. If you, that painting on your wall in your house was painted by Rembrandt, I want it. <laughs> we, well, we'll, you all will be retired. We'll just share it. But think about worth. That soul we're talking about. Your, your friends at school. These kids that bump into you, you know, on the way to your locker. The folks that you're going to bump into more on the job. When God sees them, they're worth something. Why? Because God made them. Every man, every woman, no matter what they look like or act like around you, they, they're the, they could be the biggest sinner on this earth. But when God created mankind, he created even them for him. And there is redemption for every man, woman, boy, and girl. There's a time and a place. And we help that. We help, we join God. Amen. Worth is also determined by what was made. You know, a book has more value than a notepad. A Porsche has more value than a Volkswagen. A building is more valuable than the chair that you're sitting on. A Navy aircraft carrier has more value than a rowboat. And a supersonic jet has more value than a crop duster. But God created everything. As you leave the building tonight, take a glance up into the heavens. There might be a star there gleaming. There may be visibility of a moon out there. And then you got these beautiful trees. And man, it's been a long time since I've seen a robin. And they're all over these yards. And you're so tired of looking at them, you never see them. But I saw a robin today. And that made me happy. God made that robin. God made that tree. God made everything. And especially when you look at a human being, the person that's not in this church, a family member that's not here, a child that's not here, a relative that's not here. God, God made them. They're valuable because they're part of God. God created everyone. And I'm not trying to make this heavy. I'm just trying to let you know that there's an opportunity. Someone might come out for an event and they can feel God because you're here. And they can see and they can touch and they can join. And Last Sunday, the pastor invited his good friend, a Catholic priest. And I was able to locate one of the frogmen that was with me that helped rescue the astronauts. And he and his wife came out. And I was so thankful that this church was just glorious. The choir sang and the people were friendly and 
The padre called the pastor three times the next day and said, man, that was such a wonderful service. And my friend kept, I mean, three or four times since last Sunday, I've gotten messages from him. Why? They felt God. They, they, they experienced God's people. They, worshiped, they saw worship. They saw prayer. They, they were in an atmosphere that was just exciting. And it would have never happened unless somebody invited them. Our job is not to save anybody. We just bring them into this environment where they can feel God. But a soul. We were made to be just like God. Worth is also determined by its uniqueness and its scarcity and supply and demand. You know, when something is in short supply, it has more value, especially if there's a demand for it. I used to live in Guam. Guam was hit with two typhoons a year, at least. We had one the first year we got there called Paka. It knocked out our electricity for two and a half months. And someone told me we're going to have these typhoons when I got there. So I went out and I bought me a generator. And oh, when there's no electricity, how wonderful that generator can be. And oh, did we enjoy it for one night. And somebody stole it. And my, I tell you, that generator, I don't know what we paid for it, but that guy that stole it, if he didn't use it, he probably got five times as much as I paid for it because it was in demand and it was valuable. Gold is more valuable than coal because there's less of it. Diamonds cost more than pearls for the same reason. And limited editions of any piece of art worth a lot more. But the most expensive of all are the originals. Because originals are unique. They're one of a kind. Would you turn right now and look at your neighbor and say, you're an original. One of a kind. There's no one like you. And now say, thank God. <laughs> so if God's looking at you, it's one slash one. There's no more, nobody like you. And that's why it's so unique out there. People. People. I saw a t-shirt at the airport that I kind of have to humorize and laugh at it. It said that I used to be a people person until I got around people. You know, I think a lot of times we feel like that we, we are the ones that chose God. 
But do you understand that we don't come to God on our own? The Bible says, Jesus said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and I've ordained you to go forth and bring forth fruit. It's the opposite. He said, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. You don't just choose to come to God. The reason why we're here is God, first of all, came to us. It might have been through a relationship with the family or the church or a friend. But even though you bring somebody out to the house of God, God has to work on them. You can't make people love God. God is the one that's working. If, if you even have an inclination of God, if you even enjoy a little bit of God, you need to thank God. Because you didn't choose that. God came to you. God reached out to you. God loved you. God nudged you. And he did that even though he knew your past. Man, if we could just have some of you folks stand up here, but we won't. If we could see what you look like now and what you look like 20 years ago or 10 years ago. I think some of you folks would be surprised. You guys aren't even 20 years old, so. I think it would surprise a lot of folks. That's what the Lord's done. I mean, God changes things. God changes hearts. God changes people. And, you know, when God found me, I surely wasn't surprised. I you know, when he found most of you, you were probably unwanted by a lot of things. You were probably a sinner. Right? I mean, not just a sinner, but a, a, a big sinner. But God loved you, didn't he? God came to you, didn't he? God worked on you, didn't he? And look at what we have here. Let's look, let's look around, look around. Because God loves you. You got a soul. Worth is also determined by potential. You know, hidden riches waiting to be developed. Now, many things have value because of their possible worth in the future. That's why people buy stock. Primarily because they hope that uh, that stock grows. It's got growth factor. People buy rookie baseball cards for the same reason. They're hoping that that rookie will become famous and that card be worth something. But do you realize that when you became a Christian, you received all the spiritual genes you need to be just like Jesus? Think about that. You know, just bring it right down here. When Jesus was walking on this earth, when Mary had that little baby, God robed himself in flesh to be just like you and I so that he could reach in there and bring us closer to him and prepare a place for us. He became a living soul. And he wants you and I to be just like him. And one day we'll have that glorified body. 
and will somehow be transformed into what he was? It's hard for me to even imagine. It's going to be a beautiful day. No pain, no sorrow. I don't know what perfection is, but that's going to be it. What a beautiful day. But what about all those that will never have a chance? What about those loved ones of yours that maybe uh, spent a long time? See, I'm, I'm feeling right now conviction because I'm going to go visit some of my family that's not saved. I can't save them. But just the fact that I stand before them when they knew what I used to be like and what I am now preaches a thousand messages because they knew what I was like. A soul. Beloved, now we are the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. And for we shall see him as he is. Now, I don't know about you, that when I go shopping, the first thing I look for is the price tag. Why? Because I want to make sure I'm getting value for my dollar. There's very few things out there that you get a value for your dollar. You know, a couple times I went down to Alexandria to visit some friends for Thanksgiving. But the best part of the trip was being that they had a Dillard's down there not too far away. And that Dillard's was a warehouse. It was the place all clothes ended up in the graveyard before they threw them away or something. Big, it was a big place. And on a daily basis, when you went there, you got 70% off of almost everything that was in the store. But the day after Thanksgiving, they would take another 50% off to 70%. And that's when I would go shopping. (laughs) And what used to blow my mind was they're still making money. They're not going to give that stuff away. And so I was buying 125. Who would ever pay 120? Don't raise your hand. $125 for a shirt. Not me. But when it's down there like nine ninety eight, yeah. <laughs> I'll buy a few of them. Value for your money. You know what? You you and I we we weren't on sale at a discount. When Jesus came to this earth. And Jesus went to that cross. And when he took those stripes, and when they put that crown of thorns on his head, and when they mocked him, and when they pierced his side, he paid the ultimate price for every one of you. You weren't on sale. And if you were the only person in the world, he would have done the same thing over again. 
The Bible said, I'm the good shepherd, and the good shepherd will give his life for the sheep. He said, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. A soul. The Lord gives you and I life. That's his gift to us. But what we make of our life, that's our gift to him. And you don't accidentally give somebody a gift. Normally you go out and you buy something that you feel like that person may like. And many times that gift is a reflection of your love and appreciation. Jesus paid the ultimate price. The ultimate price. So what are we doing here tonight? I'm just saying that if you want to use this event, somebody might come out to see the frog man because it's, it's the 50th anniversary. I'm just saying that some people do. That padre, that Catholic man, was a collector. He would. He bought one of these foils. He he uh, he was in it, and he came out to church because he's interested in it. I mean, have you kids ever seen the moon? You know, there's a moon up there. I know they don't even teach us anymore. But I'm talking to these people. You know, they've been around a while. How many uh, remember the moonshot? That means you were alive 50 years ago, right? And how many of you think you were alive 50 years ago? <laughs> the six saddest words in the Bible. No man cared for my soul. Amen. Why don't we stand? You know, one of the oldest questions in the Bible was when the Lord went to Cain. He said, where's Abel, thy brother? Amen. You know, does it matter what kind of oil you put in your car? It does, doesn't it? Does it matter what kind of gasoline you put in your engine? It does. Does it matter what size shoe you buy? It does. Does it matter what size dress you buy? It does. Does it matter how you're born again? It does. There's a biblical answer for everything. There is an original. And we represent that. We have a book of Acts experience that goes back to the very beginning, the birthday of the church. We have something to share. We have something that's good. We have something that's blessed. You know what that book will do? Nothing unless you 
loan it out. You don't put it on a shelf. You've got four months where that subject right now is going to be in the news every day, probably more and more until the end of July. And that is a soul winning tool. You put your name in it and your telephone number and you loan it out to a friend. Say, read it. I'll come back and get it in a week. And then you, they may have questions. Then you answer the questions. You bring them to church. Then you take the book and you give it to somebody else. For four months, you have a soul winning tool that's so easy because it's history. The best part of the book is that chapter that says from hooyah to hallelujah. But they got to read all that to get there. And that's what they're, they're interested in. The Vietnam, the SEAL training, they're, they're interested in the history, they're, all that space stuff. That's, that's just their interest. But the best part is how this frogman found God. If you don't start using the tools that God gives you, you'll never fulfill the goal of filling up all these seats. I mean, we have Thursday, Friday, and Saturday to find someone to bring to Sunday morning service so they can experience God. And the tool would be, you have a guest that was part of that space recovery. That's easy. That's not even hard. But you have to will yourself to do the invite. The best way to get somebody here is to go pick them up. Drive them with you. Prepare a meal. Well, how much is that soul worth? Well, Every soul is worth something, but probably if it was your son or daughter or brother or sister or mother or father, it probably would be worth, in your mind, a little more effort. Praise God. Praise God. Why don't we come and stand and close in this this way I want you to come and just I want you to close your eyes and I want you to just give God a moment maybe there's somebody he will reveal thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast we pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven if you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast please telephone our ministerial team at 262 262- 965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.